I'm Hannah Garland, mom, wife, formerly overwhelmed human being, and I believe in living an uncommon life. In my uncommon life, I know I'm not meant to be a perfect person, but I am meant to be a peaceful one, free from anxiety and unrest. In pursuit of this purpose, I live intentionally, making choices to take care of myself, simplify all facets of my life, and trust in God. Do you feel like it takes every ounce of your energy just to barely get through each day? Too often people, especially wives and moms, feel chronically anxious and unwell because they don't devote time to understanding what would truly bring them peace and joy. Meanwhile, they go through the motions and miss out on their purpose. I want to invite you to stop surviving and start thriving. Learning to thrive can be a simple notion. Sometimes it looks like getting through the day, but with more peace and fulfillment. Your uncommon life will look differently than anyone else's. My goal is to empower you with the knowledge to make choices for yourself that are beneficial for your mind, body, and soul. This is your uncommon life. Start living it. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to talk about how to think big, but start small. Think big is yet another lesson from the corporate life. I have a whole series on this. I recently quit my high-pressure marketing consulting job, and I am so glad to be a stay-at-home mom now. It is a choice I made, and I'm thankful I made, though I don't judge those who make different choices. I do not miss working at all, but I find myself utilizing some of the lessons I learned from the corporate life in my new role at home. I've learned ways to be more organized with my time and with projects, how to face huge stressors unemotionally, how to prioritize, how to end overthinking, and more. Over time, I hope to pass some of those lessons on to you. These are principles that I genericize, so hopefully you can apply them at work, at home, with friendships, or even with hobbies. If you want to listen, my previous episodes in this series are episode 2 on overthinking and having a bias for action and episode 11 on setting work boundaries. I have some blogs in this series as well, which you can find on my website. As I said, today's lesson from a corporate life is to think big. We're going to talk about what it means to think big, how you could apply it in your personal life, and how on earth to get started on some of the big, scary dreams of yours. Because life is too short to let some of your big dreams lapse. Thinking big was a core value at one of the Fortune 100 companies I did marketing for about seven years ago. Thinking big means visualizing what you could achieve on a grand scale with no limits. I'll admit, thinking big was one of the things I was worst at. I could not think big, or rather, I would not think big. This is largely due to my own insecurities and limiting beliefs about myself. I just assumed I would fail if I tried to do something big, and I refused to put myself in a position to fail because I feared failure, and I feared the embarrassment that came with it. I was too concerned about what other people thought of me. If I ever strayed from the prescribed path or thought outside of the box, then I took a greater risk of failure. And I wasn't about to do that. As a recovering perfectionist, I'd rather stay in the safe lane and get straight A's than go down the uncharted path and risk a D or an F, even if that uncharted path offered a greater reward for success. 
I knew failure could be a good thing, but I couldn't handle it emotionally. It would devastate me. It's one thing to know that growth comes from failure, and it's another thing to willingly put yourself in the position to fail. Furthermore, big dreams and ideas were just daunting and overwhelming to me. It just felt like a lot of work, and I wouldn't have the faintest idea how to get started. So I stopped myself before I ever got started. Over time, I've learned the power of vulnerability and of failure, and we'll share more about that later. Let's turn to you, though. What is something you would love to accomplish in your personal life or work life that you don't do because you're scared, overwhelmed, or just don't believe in your potential? When you think big, it could start with your business or career. Maybe you have a side hustle that could really take off or want to change careers, but you are too scared. But thinking big is not limited to business. Think big about what you could accomplish physically. A marathon, winning a bodybuilding competition, losing a lot of weight, or summoning a mountain. These are all big ideas that could be possible for you, though they may seem out of reach right now. Think big about what you could do at home. Could you learn to tile and redo your entire bathroom without hiring anyone? Could you build a garden and eat only the produce you grow? Think big about your personal dreams and passions. The dreams you don't tell anybody. Do you want to publish a novel, paint, start a podcast? Then think about mothering. I feel like as stay-at-home moms, or maybe just moms in general, it's very common to think of yourself as just a mom, as though what you do is small, and what you could accomplish would therefore also be small. But you can think big too. Do you want to run a homeschool co-op? What dreams do you have for your children or for your life after children? Do you want a project or hobby now that is not related to your children at all? Then do it. My point is, you aren't limited by your role, and you get to think big too. If you struggle to think of what your biggest dreams are, then you might be limiting your potential. You aren't stuck with your current lot in life, but your thinking might be limiting you to it. If you're used to thinking that you are just a mom, or just whatever your job is, a teacher or dental hygienist, then it can be hard to think big. But life is too short and too full of unenjoyable things to go on forever ignoring the dreams you have for yourself and to not believe in your potential. In one of my more recent jobs, I was tasked with helping executives develop a vision for their organization. Essentially, I helped them think big by producing a vision that they could all work toward. Most companies have vision statements that are supposed to be really big ideas that they could always be working toward, forever. They are aspirational. They're a destination they point all their actions and decisions toward. For example, Amazon.com's vision is to be Earth's most customer-centric company. That's a really big idea. Visions are supposed to be so big that they feel out of reach. They aren't necessarily measurable goals, but you might reach them through a series of smaller goals. They aren't tactical, meaning they aren't how you'll do anything. They are directional. They are where you are going, sort of a North Star for you to point all of your actions toward. Every day, every step you take, and every goal you make brings you a little closer to your vision. Visions aren't limited to companies, though. You can think big in your personal life and come up with a vision to work toward, too. Developing a vision for a multinational corporation is a lot of work and pretty complex. 
but you can come up with something for your personal life with relative ease. If you aren't sure how to think big or get started with your vision, I suggest just starting by writing down each major part of your life. For me, for example, that would be family, house, faith, friends, exercise, and podcast. I would order them in terms of priority. Then I would consider what my ultimate accomplishment for each category could be. In the house category, I might write remodel the kitchen without hiring anybody. In faith, I might write sing on the worship team at church. And in exercise, I might write summit a 14,000 foot mountain. To some people, these might not sound big, but to me, they are. When you write down your visions, all that matters is that it's a big idea to you. It doesn't have to be big compared to anyone else. Some people may want to get on the New York Times bestseller list, and you may want to start a blog. Any dream is fine, as long as it's yours and you believe in it and you want to do it. Once you have your visions for each category, pick one of them to pursue, and then just start. There will be many common pitfalls along the way to achieving your dream, like fear of failure and a lack of vulnerability. Most people get so caught up in worrying about whether they'll succeed in the end that they let it get in the way of them even getting started. So don't worry about whether or not you'll succeed. Succeeding in thinking big isn't about assuming you'll succeed anyway. It's about having the right mindset about failure. There's a lot of advice out there about positive affirmations and believing that if you just put your dreams out there in the universe, they'll come to pass. All you have to do is just believe and you'll succeed. And sure, it isn't wrong to believe you'll succeed, but that's not enough. It's wise to plan for failure along the way. People who succeed in the long run manage failure well. Just look at any successful visionary or innovator. They don't often graduate from high school, valedictorian, and then march straight into a series of successes. Some of them, in fact, are high school dropouts. They face adversity. They are called fools. They fail multiple times. They might feel like giving up, but eventually they learn and grow and become successful. You have to plan for failure, expect it, and then have great tenacity to work through it. You have to believe in your vision for your life to have that tenacity. Samuel Beckett, winner of the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1969, said, Ever tried, ever failed. No matter, try again. Fail again, fail better. If people in very public positions can be vulnerable and put themselves out there to fail, then what's our excuse for not putting ourselves out there in our personal lives? Take Thomas Edison as an example. His teachers thought he was, quote, too stupid to learn anything. He was fired from his first two jobs for being non-productive. And as an inventor, Edison made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb before he finally succeeded. When a reporter asked, how did it feel to fail 1,000 times? Edison replied, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. Imagine if we all had that mindset about failure. What could we achieve? And imagine if we were willing to push through even when we didn't seem to be succeeding at all. Vincent van Gogh sold only one painting during his life to the sister of one of his friends for the equivalent of $50. He was not successful in his lifetime, though he's very successful now posthumously, yet he still pursued his passion. 
His lack of success didn't stop him from completing over 800 paintings. What these failures, I mean visionaries, had in common is a willingness to be vulnerable and put themselves out there because they believed they were working towards something so important to them that they had to do it, no matter how others thought of them or how they might fail. Maybe you don't dream of making some major invention or of painting or writing your whole life, and that's fine. Just because your dream is smaller or less impactful on the world doesn't make it any less important or scary to you. It's all relative. But the principles are the same. The principles that drove these people to achieve are the same that will drive a person to try to accomplish their big dreams. To learn a challenging new skill, to try to run a marathon, to lose 100 pounds, go back to college, change careers, and more. We should all have passions. We should all have something so important to us that we don't care if we fail along the way or if people judge us. We can't live our lives in fear of these things. It's inauthentic and stifling. The concept of dreaming and thinking big might be super foreign to you. Maybe you are very accustomed to limiting yourself to your current circumstances. What is stopping you from thinking big? For me, this has been a problem of vulnerability because I don't want to face the embarrassment of failure. So I wouldn't put myself out there to be embarrassed. But by shielding myself, I also limited creativity, innovation, and success. These are byproducts of vulnerability. People like Thomas Edison or artists like Van Gogh or regular moms like me who make podcasts are willing to put ourselves out there. We have a willingness to be vulnerable. In episode three, I talk a lot about vulnerability as a driver of human connection. Vulnerability in general is so constructive though. Very few achievements, no matter how small, exist without vulnerability. Every time you ask for a promotion or run a meeting at work, you're putting yourself out there. You risk your emotions, your heart, you risk embarrassment. Every time you dare to dream and decide to believe in that dream, decide to pursue it and tell people about it, you are being exceptionally vulnerable. You are vulnerable to failure and to the emotions that come along with it, like embarrassment. But that vulnerability also opens you up to achievement. What would you achieve if you didn't pursue the dream? If you have a dream, let's say, to lose 100 pounds, and no one in your life believes that you can, then you are thinking big with that dream, and you're being very vulnerable by pursuing it. When you tell people about it, and they tell you you can't or don't support you, you have to be very courageous to get through that vulnerability. It's easy to tell someone to dream and just be more vulnerable. It may even be easy to write your dream down and imagine what it would be like. But it's hard to get started. When the rubber meets the road, it's very hard to know how to start. It can be very daunting and overwhelming. Earlier, I said that when you think big and come up with a vision for what you want to accomplish, it really isn't a goal per se. The way to reach your vision is to break it up into lots of tiny goals and tasks that feel very achievable and manageable. This is what I mean by think big but start small. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. When an ultra marathon runner sets out to run their 100 mile race, that person doesn't start with the race. They start small. They start wherever they're at. Maybe it's one mile or five mile training runs and they slowly build from there. Your vision seems daunting because it's not achievable right now. And that's okay. But small steps toward it are achievable. 
It's like how Thomas Edison said he didn't fail 1,000 times, he just took 1,000 steps. In many ways, accomplishing some big audacious thing in your life doesn't take any more effort than a small project because you don't do it all at once. You just take a small step every day. When I decided to start a podcast after I quit my job in early October 2020, it felt really overwhelming and improbable to me. After all, I had pushed off doing anything like this, like doing a blog or having my own website, for years, despite my husband encouraging me and telling me I should do it. Several things stopped me over the years, all of them were in my own head. I thought for sure no one would listen or read my stuff, so there is no point in doing it. I was more concerned about other people and what they'd think than myself and what I wanted to do. It also felt like way too big of a project for me to be able to do. I doubted my capabilities and therefore limited my potential from the start. I was super overwhelmed by the idea because if I was going to do it, I wanted to do it right. I wanted a whole website, cohesive branding, professional sounding stuff, and more. It just felt so big and I knew nothing about it. Then my self-sabotaging nature stepped in. I knew that even if I started to do it, I would fail along the way. So what's the point of trying? Finally, I had the age-old excuse that there was just no time for me to do it and do it right. But it's not that there wasn't time. It's just that my life was too full of the wrong things and I needed to simplify it to make room for better things. See last week's podcast, episode 12, called Turn the Busy Life into the Simple Life, where I dive into how and why the solution to not having enough time is actually to simplify your life. I suddenly had the urge to just dive in and try to do this podcast when, after I quit my job, I was purging a bunch of items in my house. I was creating these small successes like making my bedroom livable and organizing a closet, and along the way, had a lot of mental clarity and felt super empowered to tackle other projects that mattered to me. So I just decided to take the plunge and start a podcast, despite knowing nothing about how to do it. I didn't know how to succeed. I wasn't even concerned about how I'd succeed. I just focused on how to get started. I knew about my history of self-sabotage and how I tend to get discouraged when I consider what others think of me, so I intentionally spent the next several weeks with big blinders on to my own self-doubt and to the doubt of others. I did not allow myself to overthink any decisions or even what other people said. After I decided to pursue my big dream of having a podcast, I just got started. I set a launch date kind of arbitrarily. I decided that on November 11th, I'd have three podcasts and three blogs live somewhere and that I would post once a week after that. Without knowing how to get there or how to succeed at all, I had to start small. I set daily goals for myself. One day, I would buy a domain for my website. Another day, I would research how to publish a podcast. The next day, I would research and buy a microphone, and so on. Each individual task was fairly small, so it felt pretty achievable. As I completed each one, I gained confidence as my big scary deadline of 11-11 approached. Then the biggest fear of all came, publishing it. The embarrassment I might have as a result of people's judgment. The fear I had that no one would like it. But I didn't let it stop me. With my blinders on, I published it, sharing things about myself that could affect what others thought of me. But now I'm so glad I did. Did I have small failures along the way? Of course. 
lots. But when you fail on a small task in pursuit of a big idea or vision, your small failure feels really insignificant compared to the big journey you're on. It's all relative. It's not a total failure if my first attempt at recording something sounds awful when it's just one tiny step in pursuit of a grand goal. I just tweak the way I record and try something else. The bigger the goal, the more trivial is anything that might slow us down. We automatically prioritize what is important if the goal is large enough. If you're going to hike 2,000 miles or whatever the distance is of the Pacific Crest Trail from California to Washington, you don't give up just because you can't ford like one river. You find a way around it. But if your entire goal was just to ford that river and you can't, then you failed. (laughs) I don't know if that helps, but it's basically a small, small step compared to the big journey you're on. Or maybe this story will resonate more with you, especially if your big dream or vision is a physical one. Before I ever started fighting Muay Thai, I was just training for fun. It had crossed my mind a couple of times to fight, but I never really thought I could, so I didn't talk to anyone about it. Then my coach suggested that I fight. I told him I wasn't ready and wasn't sure I could do it. And he was like, duh, you're not ready now, but we'll train for it and you'll get ready. You see, when you decide to fight, you don't step into the ring that day. Or when you decide to run a marathon or climb a mountain, you don't do it right away. Of course, you'd never finish if you bit off more than you could chew. Instead, you start small and take incremental steps daily. Each day, you push yourself slightly harder than the day before until you've made so many incremental improvements that you're ready. Along the way, you get knocked down, injured, and don't always nail the techniques. These failures are small, though, in relation to the big fight. And we always said it's better to get hit hard or knocked down before you enter the ring. That's when you want to get beat up. The fight should not be the first time you've ever had your bell rung or else you won't handle it well. You actually need failure in training in order to learn how to get back up and push through it. This doesn't just apply to fighting. This applies to life. The greatest successes are built on the back of a string of failures. Failures teach you how to get up, improvise, prioritize, and push through. If there is any dream you've ever wanted to pursue or any big goal that just felt too out of reach, I strongly encourage you to just get started. Start small. Pick something to do today. You don't have to have it all mapped out or know exactly how you'll achieve it. Just take a step today and another tomorrow. If you believe in it enough, you'll weather the little failures along the way and learn to grow from them as you pursue your much, much, much bigger vision. Life is too short and too full of unenjoyable things to go on forever ignoring the dreams you have for yourself. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you like the podcast, the best way you can help out is to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can visit my website, youruncommonlife.com to read blogs, find podcast transcripts, and more. Please join my Facebook group, Your Uncommon Life Community, to join a group of supportive people.